0: Hey everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine, alongside Ryan Frederick, and we got a lot to talk about today, and uh, not a lot of time to do it because uh, we're we're in a bit of a time crunch today. But it's actually we're going to get in, try to get this in on the our normal goal time, anyways. But because uh, someone else uh, is going to record here, and you'll have an act two shows on your feed for Tuesday. So, um, so Ryan, before we get going here, um, the what I want to uh, bring up is something that you probably know a little bit more than me. Um, and, and if you've listened to the Fight Game Media Network a lot, you've heard about POAPS. And um, POAPS is, uh, I guess, a form of digital, I, I don't want to use the word currency, but more like digital tokens um, that Fight Game Media gives away on various shows. And we're actually going to be giving away one uh in reference to UFC two seventy four. And it's a really cool uh, token. I'm looking at it right now and it's absolutely free. So all you need to do to claim the POAP is to send an email to Fight Game Media POAP. That's all one word and POAP is POAP. So fight game media P O A P at gmail.com and just put UFC two seventy four in the subject line and you will receive that. And if you if you don't know about POAPs, um, you know, you can also include, you know, just asking questions about how to uh claim a po do you Do not you, you probably know a little bit more about these than i do ryan or or do you no no idea on the POAPs, to be honest Oh, okay all right uh but it's it is a form of like digital uh tokens like it's not bitcoin like we're not asking you to buy anything this is a complete giveaway it's it's almost like uh like we're giving you a trading card and uh no no actual value to it but it may have some some currency at some point if you've collected all the po apps there may be prizes available again nothing you have to pay for um it's just something that we're uh doing to show our appreciation for our listeners so um this will be again uh and um, in this will be an In the Clinch exclusive, so if you're listening to this show, just send an email uh, with the subject line to UFC 274 to FightGameMediaPoap at gmail.com, and, uh, and and you'll get it. So that, that's all That's all you got to do. So, we, like I said, we have a, a busy show. We are coming off what was – we talked about it last week. I mean, it wasn't a huge show in terms of big names or big fights, but as is often the case with these shows, um, it turned into a really good show. um i i watched on delay as i often do more often than not actually and there were there was a show i tech a fight i texted you about earlier in the show that i said man if this was head fans it would be you know like people would be talking about this as you know a fight of the year possibility and there were two fights after that that were even better. Um, so, I mean, this was a big one. And the main event, I mean, because it was the main event and, and you know, more people probably watched it. Um, like I, and I made this and I'm confident in saying this. If this fight takes place in Mexico City, this is a fight of the year guaranteed. I mean, and maybe like a fight of the decade. Um, Marlon Vera and Rob Font um, was just an incredible fight uh, because it was like. There were three rounds that were like almost identical um, where Rob Font is just dominating the round on the feet. And then Marlon Vera gets one shot where he almost knocks him out and nearly finishes him three times. In I think it was the first, the The, second and the fourth. Am I right? Second, third and fourth. Second, third and fourth. And almost. And then like the fifth. And pretty much in the fifth almost, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fifth was more like more just kind of his round. Um, And I mean, really, like in those second, third and fourth, like you could make a case that Rob Font won in the case that he was dominant for four and a half minutes of the round. But because Marlon Vera's last 30 seconds were so good, he really I think the scores were what? 49, 46 twice and 48, 47. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, one of the judges gave him one of those rounds. Um, I mean, I scored at forty nine forty six. Yeah, with Okay. Yeah. And I mean, for me, like I, I scored like I, I mean, I, I had forty nine forty six, like just about everybody else. But I mean, for me, I wasn't even really. I mean, by the time the fight was over, you knew Marlon Vera won. It didn't really matter what the scores were. And honestly, like, I was expecting him to finish. So I was not even really paying attention to the scores like myself because I was watching on delay anyways. I had no idea who had won. But, I mean, I knew Marlon Vera had won by, before they got to the scores because – But, I mean, the, the, because of the way these rounds went and if they were – I say specifically in Mexico – um I mean the the crowds would have been like like jumping off the rafters like literally this was just an insane fight just incredible Oh yeah, it
1: was absolutely incredible. I mean, they
0: combined a they landed a combined uh,
1: 430 significant strikes in this fight, which is the second most all time in UFC history. And it breaks up it breaks up the stranglehold that Max Hall Max Holloway had on the top four spots. So Max Holloway only has four of the top five now, instead so of top four. <laughs> it's still crazy though. Max Holloway's top spot. Top spot he landed was the Calvin Cater fight, and he landed more significant strikes in that fight than these two landed combined, which is still an insane number. But still, you're talking about 430 significant stri- strikes landing in this fight. Rob Font threw over 500 strikes in this fight. It was just Good Lord. A, a lot of activity from him. And yeah, he was the second through fourth round, he was very clearly winning those rounds. Up until the last thirty seconds, because in the last thirty seconds of each round, Vera knocked him down and nearly finished him. Like those are clean knockdowns, clean near finishes, near finishes. And if that if that doesn't happen, the whole you know the whole fight is shifted around and we're probably talking about Rob Font coming off coming off a very good decision win. Where now it's like Marlon Vera is just is you know is coming off the biggest win of his UFC career. UFC career and just it was a fantastic fight. I don't know that it was I mean it's in the running for fight of the year. I'll probably say it's probably the third best fight I've seen this year but uh, but I mean but it's very close up there, and yeah, uh, great showing for Vera. And uh, I don't, I don't know that Font loses a lot losing this, but he took a beating, and his face was an absolute mess. And uh, yeah, it was just an incredible fight. If you missed it, go back and watch it. It was just fantastic.
0: And I mean, and and again, like, I I just can't emphasize enough, like with fans, like I say Mexico, I mean, various from Ecuador, but I mean, you know, I think Mexican fans would love this dude and, uh, and they go nuts. I mean, really any fans like this would have been so much better and it was great. And the crowd that was there, however many there were, were going nuts. Like, you know, and they, they made noise. Like there's more noise in this. Way more noise in this than in the fight last week Ugh. in PFL that everyone was talking about. Yeah, that's fight mean, of the year because there might have been more. There might have been more people in the Apex than there yeah, was
1: watching that. And thing. I think I think more than half the people that were there were actually there for Vera, like his friends and fam yeah. family. So it's kind of I think it was kind of one sided on that on that a little bit.
0: Yeah, they were and they were loud. And this was the kind of fight that if you're a Vera fan, I mean, you'd be like watching and be like, oh no, my guy's getting killed, and then oh my god, and like and just like. Screaming, you know, like four times or, you know, three, anyways. Um, There was one, I think, at the end of the fourth where like I thought for sure like it was going to get stopped. Like I mean if there was 5 more seconds in the round, I think it would have been stopped because the ref was right there. It was Jason Herzog did a great job um as always. I thought it was interesting that Jason Herzog is the one that gets the main event over Herb Dean about time. I know it's happened a few times before, but it should never happen again where Herb Dean gets the main event over over him, but uh, Herb's, uh he's Herb's done, he's one Herb's, of the very best. Herb's done good lately. He hasn't had a slip up. He's done all right, but I mean Herzog's great. I mean Herzog rarely makes a mistake and uh you know he's he's really one of the one of the very best yeah. refs the, out there right now.
1: Yeah, Nevada's also Nevada's good also about you know with these UFC shows and having them almost weekly like they're very good at rotating who yeah. who gets assigned what fight
0: what fight you know okay. as far as main event. All right. Goes. Well yeah, just just an incredible fight though. Vera now third third win in a row. I mean over Davy Grant, Frankie Edgar and now Rob Font like you said best best one of his career. I mean, you know, and then you go back a little bit and then he had that win over uh, Sean O'Malley, which all of a sudden doesn't look so bad for O'Malley. I mean, it was first round and, you know, any, you know, it was kind of a freak injury, but um, it, uh, you know, like all of a sudden now, maybe you do that rematch at some point Um, because, uh, you know, Vera is definitely in the mix. I mean, top five now for sure. Um, Just a a great, great, and a a great capper to to what was a a really good show. Um, And then the amazing thing was this didn't even win fight of the night. Because Rob Font missed weight. It did. Uh, But I... It did win Fight of the Night. Oh, it did? Okay, because I'm looking at the list and I've only seen two performances of the night. So uh, I guess that's wrong. So did the whole hundred grand go to... Vera. Go to Vera? Yeah okay yeah so he gets the full 100 grand um and and again like there was um on the main card uh you know and we'll we'll go over our three stars but Darren Elkins Tristan Connolly was a hell of a fight and then the one I, I talked about earlier you know that I saw first Nate, Nathan Levy and Mike Breeden was just a great fight on the prelims that probably like you know 150 people watched um yeah obviously more than that but not very many people watched, watched that fight I don't think um but yeah I, I I uh, I just yeah I couldn't say enough about this and again I watched late and man I was not even close to falling asleep because what a great fight I I got to see in the, in the main event. Yeah, I mean there's I, I don't know how much more can be can be said, but
1: uh, Marlon Vera, I would you know, he's talking about one of the top five guy next. He keeps trying to get that rematch with Jose Aldo, which isn't gonna happen. But I could see Vera easily right. fighting uh Dominic Cruz. I think a lot of people have been talking Ooh, about Dominic yeah. Cruz next and Dominic Cruz wants a top five guy, which which I mean it's unless he's gonna fight P- Piotr Jan next, I don't really see him fighting anybody but Vera Vera and Cruz makes all the sense in the world to me at least and put that in
0: front of fans and uh and and you're gonna have a fight of the night but all
1: these fights of (laughs) well yeah
0: yeah Yeah. i mean we yeah we beat that drum um all right so uh we want to go with our three stars if i'm remembering right i think i let you go first last week so um my uh my first star is going to be uh alexander romanoff uh, moved to 16 and O, uh, first round submission over chase Sherman with an Americana. Just, I mean, he just mowed through this dude and then he cut a promo afterwards. And, uh, you know, like, what do you want next? He had a call out. I can't remember who it was, but he basically said like, I want the belt. Like he you know he wants a belt in like a year or something, and he got a brown belt, and he th- he thinks he's gonna be a black belt um uh, by by this time next year, so you know good for him and uh nice heavyweight prospect um you know just uh just a just a killer um and you know speaks English even though it's not his first language, so good on him for that for for learning the language. My second star is going to be Grant Dawson, who I, I just love that fighter. Uh, one of the most underrated guys in UFC. Uh, moved to 18 and one at lightweight. Like, yeah, this guy's got to be ranked soon because, I mean, you know, uh, the, he said the last time he lost, Barack Obama was <laughs> president. So that, you know, that says something right there. And uh, my third star, Joe Anderson Brito, first round KO, 40 seconds over Andre Feely. Uh, again, just just mowed through him. Andre Feely's a big name; he's been around forever. Whenever I see him, I always think back to that fight he had with Holloway, like way, way, way back early in both their careers. And he's still kicking around. Best nickname, one of the best nicknames in MMA, with Touchy Feely. And big, big win for Joe Anderson Brito. Um, I left one specifically for you that I figured you'd pick, and I'll give you two more.
1: Oh, well, you actually picked all three that I had in mind. but I'll, oh, really? I'm going to go Oh, a okay, different. sorry. Uh, first one I'm going to go with is uh, Nathan Levy. One of you did decision over Mike Breeden, but this was a fun fight. And he got a lot of takedowns, uh, especially in the sec- second round. He scored like seven takedowns. takedowns, And, it, I mean, he looked really good in the first two rounds. Rounds Breeden did not look bad at all despite losing. Uh, Levy is one thing that he's going to need to work on. He did, He does gas out in the third round third round but i mean those first two rounds he's as good as anybody and he's a young prospect now now seven and one i mean he's a guy to keep an eye on for the future Uh, my second star i'm gonna go with uh, gabe green he lost the first round to johan Liness, and then he got dropped in the second round second round but once he got dropped and got back up i mean it was a complete it was almost like it shook the cobwebs off of him because he he hurt Liness with a big shot and Liness went down and it was all over from from there and a great win for uh, Gage Green and my third star I'm gonna go with actually somebody who lost but it's uh, Jake Collier because he did not deserve to lose oh. that fight that fight no he uh, did not that was that was a hundred percent a robbery now i'm going and and it's kind of i'm also giving him a the third start to kind of get into the talk of the scoring of the uh, of this fight as well but uh yeah, yeah he got he got robbed though. i mean andre orlovsky you know credit to credit to him he's been on both sides of of these fights you know where he you know he should have should have won but lost, and should have lost but won. But this one was egregious. This is the worst of his career. I mean, I mean, I, I will have the caveat of the first two rounds were close, close. But I thought first and third were definitely clear Collier rounds, which would give him the twenty nine twenty eight, which is what I had. And every media score had the fight for Collier. Um, I mean the, when you look at the stats. Yeah, it was even, but it was pretty even, but like, much like the uh, Font Vera. Fight the stats don't tell everything. I mean, Collier was you know more pressure, he's his striking was more effective, more octagon control, more pressure, and as he did more damage when he landed. So, I don't know what the hell the judges were watching, especially in that third round. But Collier got screwed, and yeah, absolute robbery. Yeah. Uh, robbery, and like I said, it was credit, credit to our 23rd UFC win, tie, ties Jim Miller and Donald Cerrone for most for first all time, but but yeah, it was in. You know, probably not, not the way he wanted to do it.
0: No, and even when he was asked after, like, you know, did you feel confident going into, you know, the scoring that you were going to win the fight? And he was like, he didn't want to answer that. <laughs> like, he, he he pretty much all but said, yeah, I didn't win. Uh, you know, like, I got the decision, but I didn't win this fight. And he, just, he kept pulling over Collier. Like, he's a hard hitter, and he takes a punch. And, I mean, you know what's funny is... I, I, when this was his fourth straight win. Right. And I mean, he's talking about wanting, you know, to get back into title contention. And I, I I'm thinking about this and I'm like, there was a guy and I can't remember who it was, but he was somebody that everybody had written off. And then all of a sudden he, he rung up four straight wins or something. And then all of a sudden they started putting him in big fights and then he was just getting killed. And then it dawned on me, it was Andre Arlovsky <laughs> back in 2014 <laughs> um, when, you know, like he beat, or 20, 2014, 2015, he, went, he beats Brendan Schaub, Bigfoot Silva, Travis Brown, and Frank Mir. And then all of a sudden he goes in against Stipe and gets knocked out in the first round. Goes against Overeem and gets knocked out in the second round. Goes against Josh Barnett, gets submitted in the third round. Francis and Ngannou knocked out in the first round. And it's like, okay, you know, the Andre Arlovsky train is over. He was like one win away from the title shot back in 2016. And then, you know, he, he, you know, it didn't happen for him. And that was what, uh, five, seven, 10, years 13, ago. Twenty fights ago, yeah, like that's a whole career, <laughs> and uh, and here he is again. You know, he's won four straight, six out of the last seven. You know, the only loss was to Tom Aspinall. Um, you know, he's the proverbial gatekeeper. Um, but I mean, you know, like I said, he lost this fight. I mean, even the Jared Vandera fight was a split decision. I mean, it's not like he he mopped the floor with him either. He, he, um, he won the Vandera fight though. That we he did, talk, he did I remember
1: but, talking but, about uh, talking about it. We.
0: Yeah. All in agreement that the
1: Vanderush scorecard was yeah. a
0: really bad scorecard. But it's still like, it's not like he's. Um, like you know, Vander is you know not even close to being a contender. So it's like he's not, he he's you know, and he Chase Sherman was one of those, and he got destroyed here. Um, so yeah, it's uh, you know, four straight wins for Lasky Like I said, can't take that away from him. He's gonna get a big fight at some point, and he's probably gonna get killed. Like not not literally. Well, hopefully not literally. But uh I and I say this every time though. I still think he's a better fighter now than he was when he was champion. It's just the other guys are so much better too. Um, but he can beat, you know, 75% of the guys in the heavyweight roster. He's just not going to be beating any top 10 contenders anytime like ever. Uh, But, you know, yeah, good, good for Andre. And, and yeah, I was going to mention, you know, that if, if you didn't. And uh, I, 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 you know, I was going to pick Francisco Figueroa as one of my three stars. And I looked at his name and I figured you would. So um, I unfortunately, Francisco, you're out of luck. Neither one of us picked you, Uh, but uh, why don't you take us through the uh, rest of these results? Okay. The uh, show started off with a women's flyweight
1: fight. Uh, Shanna Young uh, finished Gina Mazzani in the second round by T. KO. Mazzani dominated the first round, but as she tends to do, she tends to have done lately. She got tired in the second, and uh, Young took it over and finished her in the second. Second, so Young's first UFC win, and that was probably Mazzani's uh, swan song in her second UFC stint. Yeah. Because she's, I think, like two and six or two and two and seven with the promotion, so not a very good record. Um, then we had the lightweight fight, Nathan Levy, unanimous decision over Mike Breeden. And then we had the welterweight fight, Gabe Green. Second round TKO over Johan Liness. Then we had the Flyweight fight. Francisco Figueredo submitted uh, Daniel Lacerda with the knee bar in a minute eighteen seconds. They went right to the ground, and Lacerda was uh, trying to scramble and transition to to uh, side control, but uh, but Figueroa grabbed that leg and locked in the knee bar real quick, and it was a quick tap. So so a very good win for Figueroa. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. Then we had the uh, excuse me. Then we have the heavyweight fight. Uh, Alexander Romanov submitting Chase Sherman in two minutes, 11 seconds with the Americana. I should note that Chase Sherman, that this was such a mauling from the onset by Romanov that Chase Sherman didn't even get to throw a single strike in the two minutes that it, that happened. Not even when he was on the ground and he was taken down three times in two minutes and submitted. Uh, You know, people were kind of like talking about pre-fight how pre-fight, when the betting odds going in this fight, Alexander Romanov was a tw- minus twenty five hundred. He was the biggest favorite Jeez. in UFC history, and Chase Sherman was the biggest underdog in UFC history. And everybody wanted to talk about it to make a talk about it, but I mean, the way this fight went, I don't know if those odds were long enough, <laughs> long enough because it was just 20, that's twenty
0: five to one for you yeah. non betters. Yeah, so
1: yeah, twenty. Yeah, he probably should have been a hundred to one the way the fight went. Uh, that that was a. Uh, the closer on the prelims. The main guard kicked off a middle-white fight. Christoph Jocko scored a unanimous decision oh. over Gerald Mearshart. 30-27 across the board. Uh, this wasn't a very exciting fight, which you can say a lot about Jocko's fights, but Jocko just... Yeah. Jocko's one of those guys. He's he's not fun to watch because he doesn't do a whole lot, but he does enough to win every round, and Mearshart couldn't find that third-round finish that he you know finds a lot of times. Uh, then we had the featherweight fight. Darren Elkins, unanimous decision over tristan Connolly, 30 27 across the board elkins just damaging Connolly throughout the three rounds uh, just his wrestling was the key difference and doing the damage from the top top and yep and to answer everybody's question yes elkins did end up bleeding it took until the third round but he ended up Bo- bleeding. both of them i think right yeah connelly's face was a mess afterwards too too but uh yeah but yeah but yeah, then we had great uh, fight. Great, great. That was a really, really great fight. Uh, then we had a lightweight fight. Grant Dawson submitting Jared Gordon in the third round with a rear naked choke. Jared Gordon was better on the feet, but Dawson Dawson's wrestling. I mean, Gordon's a good wrestler, but Dawson's wrestling was just a level above. He kept taking him down to win rounds, and then he and then Gordon nearly. Gordon had him in trouble in the third round on the feet, but Dawson was able to get it down, grabbed the back for the rear naked choke, and got Gordon to tap with less than a minute to go in the fight. Then we had Joe anderson Brito finishing Andre Feely in 41 seconds. Just a massive right hand dropped, dropped Feely, and he punches on the ground, you know, Ended it. Brito's got a lot of a lot of potential. He's a he's a very good finisher. He's won like eleven of his last twelve now, and that's a that's a real quality win over Andre Feely because not a lot of guys can finish him. He's very tough. Then we had the heavyweight fight we talked about: Andre Arlovski split decision over Jake Collier, and then uh, Marlon Vera unanimous decision over Rob Font in the main event.
0: There was one fight on the card where they said the guy had never been submitted before. Was that Sherman? Uh, uh I don't take that cuz I remember I remember somebody in the post I'm just looking. I remember somebody in their post fight mentioning that. Yeah, it must have been Sherwin because yeah, I was Romanoff talking about it and said, "Yeah, he'd never been submitted in however many fights." And yeah. Uh, and yeah, and he, was, yeah well, he was proud to yeah, be have mean, submitted up. Sherman was Sherman was submitted in the in the last fight before that against Jake Collier. Okay, then it wasn't it wasn't him. There was somebody. It was maybe probably, it was Jared. Oh, you know, maybe it's Grant Dawson and Jaron Gordon. That's uh, look look it up. Uh, Doctor Stop. Yeah, that did, first, yeah No, that that have been first the one. Time
1: yeah, that Gordon's been. Yeah, so eliminated. that's the one.
0: Yeah. And, and, yeah, and he, he had a really good promo after the fight, too. So, um, so yeah, I mentioned we mentioned the fight of the night, obviously, was the main event. And then uh, Joe Anderson Brito and uh, Francisco Figueiredo gets a $50,000 bonus. So Figueiredo is not one of the three stars, but he gets 50K from Dana White. So I'm sure he'll sleep fine tonight knowing he didn't get one of our three stars. Um, did you watch PFL? I did not because I watched the NFL okay, draft. I did. Hey, it doesn't look like anybody I, uh, did looking at the ratings. <laughs> no. No. No, no, no. I did. Uh it was it was an easy show to watch. Um there were there were five fights on the main card and three of them were like very early uh stoppages all in the heavyweight fights and then the the two uh the two featherweight fights went to decision, but they were all they're both pretty good fights. Chris Wade over Lance Palmer, Brendan Lochne over Ryoji Kudo. Um and you know, no real question about who won either fight. Uh Bruno Capoloso uh knocked out Stuart Austin in the main event. Uh, Hennan Ferrara uh, over Jamel Jones and Dennis Goldsoff over Cody Goodale, all all uh, first round KOs. Um, just look. I will say. Go this. Ahead. I will say this. I did see the on uh, social media the Hennan
1: Ferrara finish, and yeah, and that guy that guy needs to be signed by the UFC like as soon as he as soon as he can. You know, after the after well, the season, maybe, probably. Maybe he's
0: going to win a million dollars first. Yeah, win a million dollars. He first. knocked out. He knocked out Stuart Austin on uh, in his last fight, who's the guy that won in the main event, and he's also got a win over Jared Vandera. Yeah, um, yeah so. and and he's the guy that quote unquote knocked out uh, for Fabrizio Verdoom last year too, and then had it later overturned. So yeah, I think you're you're right on that one. Yeah, I mean, get uh, look get at, your million dollars, and then and then
1: UFC should be signing him like right after right after he gets yeah. a million dollars.
0: Uh, so, just looking over the prelims, uh, Shaman Moraes in his return to uh, the former World Series of Fighting uh, got a win over Boston Sam, and Bubba Jenkins, former Bellator contender, won over Kyle Boschniak, and. Clidson Abreu, who's a interesting heavyweight prospect to uh, UFC, cut uh, is uh, you know got to got win. I, I think that's a tournament match. So yeah, maybe you know he's another one. A lot of Brazilian heavyweights in, in this tournament. Um, all right, and uh, and yeah, so that is uh, and then you know what? While we're on the PFL train, we'll just mention uh, we're, we'll we'll do the PFL and tough, and then we'll get into our UFC two seventy four preview. So PFL coming up this week, uh, probably their biggest show of the first round uh kayla harrison fighting in the main event against marina mock um you know that's the fight everyone's going to care about uh you know i don't know how many people are going to watch it's on espn 2 on friday uh 4 4 30 our time 5 30 eastern so the whole main event will probably be like 10 uh, Eastern and uh, Anthony Pettis also on the card and Rory McDonald. So they're loading up. They had no names on the last card and they're putting them all on this one. Julia Budd on the prelims. I notice Um, Larissa Pacheco, Gleason Tebow uh, fighting on the prelims, Vanessa Mello. So, you know, quite a few names of people that people know. Actually, Anthony Pettis and Miles Price. Interesting fight at lightweight. Um, Anything you want to add? Obviously, everyone's here for kayla
1: yeah i mean yeah if you're watching that show you're watching that for for kayla harrison and how quick she's gonna win and what kind of promo she's gonna cut afterwards but but yeah so i don't see yeah i don't see anybody uh,
0: challenging her and we'll we'll uh we'll talk about a potential future (laughs) opponent for her uh, a little bit later in the show ryan's got one of his epic rants coming um all right and then we've got uh we've got the uh tough kicking off this this week and well i think we went over the cast list when it was first announced i pulled it up here um oh crap it's one of these stupid things where they don't have the whole list um in front of me here we go uh we got uh oh no it's the same article uh brogan Walker, Santa, hannah guy is a name that some people might know Catherine paprocki caitlin neal these are the um the female flyweights and then the other um the other uh weight class is heavyweights <laughs> Heavy yeah uh oh yeah i got the list here Oh, Rob McDonald, the guy that fought in UFC, uh, you know, years ago. He's forty-three, fighting on 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 this. And then Muhammad Usman, who is a former uh, PFL fighter and Kamaro's brother, is also on there. Obviously, the biggest name. And yeah, and the names I mentioned on the women's side. I don't see any other names that anybody is going to know. Um, yeah. This, so this is Tuesday night. It's on ESPN Plus in uh, in the states. Yes. Is that right. Yes. Yeah, and and a TSN here. I actually just before we started set my PVR to watch it, so I'll uh, I'll check back next week and let you guys know of anything uh, that I, sounds interesting.
1: How often do you plan on utilizing the mute button whenever Juliana Pena is talking?
0: Uh, you know what? I'll I'll watch the whole thing and then I can bitch about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, bar, Juliana bar Pena. Part co- for the part for the course you. Par for the course for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even mention that Pena and Nunez are the coaches and obviously they're going to fight down the road in a rematch for the, uh, the, the women's bantamweight there, title that's currently held by if, Juliana Pena. Yeah.
1: If there's one person I know who likes watching stuff and bitching about it later, it's Paul.
0: Oh, oh. And not just, uh, MMA. Um, everything you know, as, as, uh, any, baseball, yeah, as, as baseball, as, basketball, as basketball
1: any, everything like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh basketball's over. I, I'm, uh, you know, it's sad that the playoffs are done, but you know, it, you know, it's, it was a nice ride. But done, and the hockey playoffs got canceled this year. You. They're done for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hockey playoffs got canceled this yeah. year. That was a shame. Not
1: here. Um, not Raptors, here in DFW. Anymore. The Mavericks and the Stars
0: I know, live on. I know. The Raptors didn't even show up for game 6. I I was so disappointed. But um they got they it was actually 62-61 at the half and then uh Philly opens with 17 points a run to open the second half and it was over. So Philly's uh, good. But Philly they, got, they Philly's good uh, but but you know what we took down uh Joel Embiid so did you hear the Dynamite show no I did not uh, so I mentioned uh, and I, I popped Jeff because I said somebody at ringside because they're in Philly had a fan Embiid for for MVP and, and I just kind of muttered they can kiss my ass and he just laughed because he wasn't expecting that um, and yeah and, and uh, we took him out so you know we didn't win but uh, we may have stopped them from beating uh, whoever they're facing it who is it uh, it's not Milwaukee's playing Boston. So it's Philly and Miami, uh, Miami. Oh, that, you know what? Kyle Lowry. Hey, I can cheer for Kyle Lowry to uh, get a second title. So there we go. Um, I don't like Philly. So, uh, that is a little bit of a basketball sidebar. And, uh, and then, yeah, we've got, uh, we got UFC 274 coming up. So, uh, we gotta have a look at the, yeah. Okay. So UFC 274, this is a big one. Um, it is, uh, Charles Oliveira, Justin Gaethje, uh, in the main event. And obviously the co-main event is a rematch, uh, years in the making Rose Nami Yunus and Carla Sparza. uh, I believe Carla Sparza won the first ever strawweight title by beating Rose Nami Yunus, if I'm not mistaken, without even looking that up. Am I right on that one? Yeah. Yeah and then uh and and also Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. So yeah, we got a ton to talk about here. We'll go over the main card in detail and then just kind of run down the prelims. But uh Charles Oliveira and Justin Gaethje. I mean, we've sung the praises of Charles Oliveira since the show started. Um you have called him one of the greatest lightweights, or was it okay? Or was it pound for pound one of the best heavy or one of the best fighters in UFC, or was it one of the greatest lightweights of all time, or both? Uh, I mean, I
1: say one of the greatest lightweights of all time, okay, uh, for sure. For sure, <laughs> after this run, it's hard to argue against. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, crazy. And to think that he started as a featherweight and we, everyone was, you know, just kind of assumed he was going to be the, you know, he was, he was going to be Max Holloway. I mean, we all, you know, whatever, Max Holloway's career that he got was what we all figured was going to be Charles Oliveira. Obviously, you know, they're completely different fighters, but, um, you know, he was going to be the dominant featherweight, you know, like Jose Aldo at bantamweight, uh, or at featherweight, I guess at the time. Um, but yeah, he was, you know, and then he ran into a tough stretch and won. Went moved up to lightweight and just went on this amazing run, and uh, here we are. And Justin Gaethje, like this is a perfect matchup because it's two completely different fighters, and that those are the the most intriguing because usually you get a submission guy against a submission guy, and they both just end up on the on the feet, or you get two like sluggers and they decide to wrestle. And here it's like they're going to have to do one of their games. <laughs> you know um and uh, we'll see what happens i'm uh, i'm just for me this is like uh like the first 6 months of the year this might be the my my favorite title fight that i'm you know that i was looking forward to
1: uh yeah i mean charles oliveira is fantastic he has to know going into this fight that when you walk into that octagon uh, across from justin gaichi like I don't know that there's a singular fighter in the UFC that is going to put you into a war, into an absolute war zone, more than Justin Gaethje will. I mean, probably not. I mean, I would I would have said Habib before that, but but Habib's retired just because, and I just say that just because Habib's a whole different animal. But Justin Gaethje, I mean, I mean, this guy can't be killed, and he's just gonna, he's just gonna come at you like ridiculous and Charles Oliveira is going to need to be be ready for that he's going to need to be ready to be in a firefight from the moment that bell rings and he's got to be ready to go 25 minutes because we know Justin Gaethje is not you know the most durable the biggest heart the toughest chin to crack I mean it's been cracked but it's tough it's still tough I mean you have to you have to land shots that would, you know, knock down buildings to finish Justin Gaethje, and and I don't know that even with, uh, I don't know that Charles Oliveira will be able to get a submission game going, going, but he might. I mean, Justin Gaethje is very hard to take down, but Habib was able to get him down and submit him, and Charles Oliveira is just as great, if not better, at submissions than than Habib. He doesn't have the wrestling that Habib does, but he's a better submission artist. I mean, he's the most gifted submission artist in UFC history and the best finisher in UFC history, you know, most finishes, most submissions, mm-hmm. most performance bonuses. Justin Gaethje has more performance bonuses than he has UFC fights. I mean, we're guaranteed, like, fireworks in this fight. Like, how can you, like, look at this and not have anything but what I call, you know, this is going to sound a little sexual, but what I call a fight boner. If you don't have a fight boner for this yeah. for this fight, I don't know what else, what else would give that to you because this is just an absolute perfect matchup and i'm glad it's for a title
0: and it may not even end up being the fight of the night like you know when when you know we look at what's you know underneath the two title fights but um you know what if if it's not the fight of the night then something something wrong happened and if I, something wrong know. happened or something great happened one of the two you know like that means we had a really freaking awesome night of fights if if it's not the fight of the night um but yeah like I so for me like i kind of see this you know like at some point i think gacy knocks him down and then if he decides to go to the ground and try to finish him uh, that might be bad. So, you know, like that, that's probably what Gacy's got to be worried about. Like if, if he does drop him, he better make sure he's really hurt and not just playing possum. Yeah. Um, because once he, once they get to the ground, Oliveira can finish anybody. Yeah. And, and I don't see, I don't
1: see Gacy making that mistake. Cause uh, I'll see him. Yeah. I see him utilizing the strategy like he did with Tony Ferguson. He did the same thing to Tony Ferguson. He would knock him down and, and Ferguson would go to the ground and Gacy would just like, Nope. Get up, get up! I'm, I'm not up. gonna play. Yeah. I'm not gonna play that game with you. And if he did that against Ferguson, he'll definitely do that if he's in similar situations here against Olivera.
0: But Oliveira is going to be trying to get it to the ground, and whether that means you know grabbing his leg or whatever. And the, the thing is, like Oliveira can hit too. Yeah. So I mean, if it's if it's a case of you know he might drop Gaethje. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, Gaethje got tagged by Chandler quite a few times. And he got fin- uh, and he got finished
1: I, by Poirier in the past, and Eddie Alvarez in the past, and yeah, you can't yeah you can't discredit Charles Oliveira on the feet because he's his striking is really good too, and he's got knockout power as well
0: yeah yeah this is uh this is going to be great um and then in the uh in the co-main you know rose nami Yunus- Who is, you know, on the run of her life, uh, not quite as long as Charles Oliveira, but you know, she's got the two wins over over Wheelie Zhang, um, you know, the the KO of the year in 2021, and then you know, split decision, which, you know, I think uh, you know, that was a rightful win. I mean, yeah, I saw some people thinking that Jang won, but um, and yeah, split decision over Jack's Andrage. Uh so you know, that is honestly if she if she gets past Esparza, I think she's probably looking at Andrage next, uh, you know, third fight there. She lost to her once and then got a split decision win. But um, Carla Sparza is someone that a lot of people wrote off, um, me included, because I said like when she won the title, it was because they didn't have the best straw weights in ufc in that tournament at the time um you know and then she went out and you know fought joanna and check in her first title defense and got destroyed like and to where everyone was calling joanna jay check the best striker in ufc like any weight class because of how thoroughly she dominated uh Sparza. but you know she you know and then she went on to you know she lost th- three out of her next six fights and then Got on a great roll and she's won five in a row now and uh, is very much the rightful title contender for Rose Nama and she's wanted this rematch for years and we're going to get it here on on a super big show in, uh, uh, I didn't even mention where the show is, it's... uh, Phoenix. I was going to say Phoenix. I'm looking at, there's I'm, the thing I'm looking at. It doesn't even say where it is, but I thought it was Phoenix. Yeah. The footprint center in Phoenix. So yeah. Fans. Yay. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, again, I'm not, I, I'd be lying if I said I was looking forward to as much as the main event, but, um, this to me, and I know I'm, you know, I'm not the UFC pay-per-view buying public at large. To me, this would be a main event. Like it's, it obviously wouldn't be, but it, to me, it would be.
1: Yeah, it's uh, definitely an interesting fight because – because yeah, Esparza has the win over over Rose and uh, just it's I don't see this fight going the same as that one because that one at a time I think that was just like Rose's like fifth professional fight fight and yeah, she went through the tough house just like Esparza did, but Esparza was the clear favorite favorite going into the into that show with that cast and she did her job and won the title and, and Rose only got better from there and she's been just a completely different fighter for the last really for you for f- really in the last five years, five years, you know, post, you know, and that fight happened all the way in 2014. So we're talking about seven and a half years since they first fought first fight Esparza, i I'm glad they came to their senses and actually gave her the title shot because yeah, I know she's not the biggest name in that division, but she was the most deserving deserving. And it's good also on Rose that Rose pushed for it. And, um, it's, an interesting fight. I just don't see any way Rose loses this loses this fight. She's just improved so much, whereas Asparza, as who Asparza has as always been good, I don't know that she's gotten she's gotten better, but I don't know how much better she has. But she's definitely not gotten uh, as good as no as Rose since that first fight.
0: No, I agree. And uh, again, I'm, I really looking forward to this and I've mentioned it. I don't even know if I said the names of the fighters that were fighting, but you know, in the third fight, we got Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson, who, um, you know, both obviously Ferguson's coming off, uh, you know, some bad losses um, and Chandler, you know, the loss to Geishi in the fight of the year last year, I think this one is there for Chandler to win. um, And you know, and I, you know, I'm, I, Ferguson. I, I've seen enough from Ferguson to think that you can't necessarily count him out. But if he beat Michael Chandler, it'd be a huge upset.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be a huge upset. But I think this is the, the test to see if. The to Tony Ferguson, we've seen for in his last three fights, if he's done or if that guy is done, if he's done and if he can't, if he gets finished by Michael Chandler here or, or it's a brutal beating, then yeah, he's done. The only thing left for him would be be a punching bag for Conor McGregor. But uh, it's also a big fight for Michael Chandler because he comes in with all this yeah. hype, all this hype. All this hype from, from from Bellator, almost got a title shot in his first fight. Uh, but his first fight, he finishes Dan Hooker, gets a title fight, and now he's coming off two straight losses. Granted, it's to the two guys in the main event, Oliver Aaron Gaethje. If you're going to lose to two guys, that's two pretty big names to lose to. But but he's got a he's, – these are two guys really in a must-win situation here because neither one of them can afford a loss, especially, especially Ferguson because that would be just the end of his career probably. But even Chandler, I mean, you don't want to lose three straight after being hyped as this big signing from Bellator. So very important fight for both of them.
0: And it's, I mean, it's sad too in a way Because you, you talk about that with Ferguson And and I agree But then when you look at the names I mean, you know, he lost to Benyel Dariush By decision I mean, he got destroyed But he, you know, he went the distance He lost to Charles Oliveira by decision And he got knocked out by Justin Gaethje In the fifth round Like, that's the champion, the number one contender And a guy that's in the top five um, So it's not like but, he's losing to tomato cans
1: Yeah, it's, yeah On the flip side though he was not competitive in a, for a single minute of those fights at all. So correct, uh, correct. So that's so he's
0: not a contender, but he's not washed up either. Yeah, I mean, like, I losing, mean as far as we know, yeah, he's losing but the good guys. He still might be guys. He's losing yeah. the
1: good guys, but he's being, but he's was dominated in all those fights, yes. and and uh, you know he might be washed up.
0: We we'll find out for sure. He here. might be. He might be, and I mean, but if he beats Michael Chandler, then all of a sudden you look at these fights and say, okay, like he's not going to beat the champion or the, or the top contenders, but he might be a guy that hangs around, you know, the bottom half of the top ten for the next couple of years. Yeah. I, I could, wouldn't put money on that, but I'm I'm just saying it's possible.
1: This this is a weird one in the sense that I could also see a situation where where the winner of this fight fights Dustin Poirier. Or Conor McGregor, and at the same time, you can say the thing, same thing for whoever loses. The loser, yeah, loses this so fight could fight yeah. either one of those two next. So this, this, so it's, yeah, it's you know. a weird one. The,
0: the The loser could end up with a bigger fight, yeah, <laughs> in a way. You know, I, I mean, if if you want to look at it that way, um, I mean, a bigger fight in terms of money, not necessarily uh, rankings. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. um, And then we got um, a fight like I uh, somebody that we both know uh, texted me and couldn't believe this was on the main card. I mean, if you're going to make this fight, it's going to be on the main card. But um, Ovis St. Prue and uh, Shogun Hua, the rematch from eight years ago where uh, OSP knocked him out in the first round. Um, I don't know that if you had asked anyone to lay money on it in 2014 that you would say that shogun hua would still be fighting in the ufc in 2022 but here he is and uh you know and he's still like you know, he's not a ranked contender, I don't think, but um, he is, uh, you know, he's a guy, you know, that is still going to be put on a card. No SP is another one. You know, he's fought a heavyweight last few times uh, or at least his last fight. And he, you know, he lost to Tanner Boser. So clearly, you know, he's given up a ton of size there. Um, but, you know, he had that was more of a convenience thing, right? They needed a heavyweight and he just took the fight on short notice and decided not to cut weight if I'm remembering right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, he's lost three of his last four. Um, Also, one of those was another heavyweight fight to Ben Rothwell. So, um, you know, in in terms of, of his light heavyweight fights, you know, I guess he's, you know, you can look at it this way. He's won two of his last three. But he's pretty much been a 500 fighter for the last god well probably since he beat shogunua if actually if i look up the record that's probably almost exactly what he is um but uh yeah i mean it's i can't say i'm like terribly excited for this fight or anything but i mean it's two names like every single ufc fan knows and it's a good fight for the main card i guess
1: I guess. I mean, Shogun hasn't fought in eighteen months, so, <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's left there? And and I mean, when you look at these guys, and and you know they're both under UFC contract still. They both still want to fight. Like when you look at where they're at, where they're at at light heavyweight, like like it's kind of like a perfect matchup for both of them because neither of them should be fighting anybody ranked, and they both. It's just, it's a fight. I mean, it's whatever. It's Shogun. He's a he's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer, and and yeah, so, you know, let him let him finish his career the way he wants.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you know the uh, the opener or the other fight on the main card isn't. I mean, it's almost exactly like the one I just mentioned, uh, except I don't think they fought before. Um, Cerrone, uh, Donald Cerrone, and Joe Lozon. So if you're listening to this you know we're gonna drop this on tuesday but if if you're behind on your podcast and you don't listen to it till wednesday it'll be the third anniversary of the last time donald cerrone won a ufc fight um and uh and and you know and he's in there against joe lozon who is you know not done a ton better but he has won a few fights over the last few years um actually not many um actually he's only. this is his first fight in three years almost. Yeah. He beat Jonathan Pierce in 2019. So, um, yeah. And he lost his three fights before that. So this is another one. It's just two guys, you know, like long time vets, uh, fighting. I mean, at some point it's going to be it for both of them. And maybe even this fight might be, you know, every time you see Donald Cerrone or Joe Lawson might be the last time you see them. So probably, you know, I mean, it's a fight everyone's going to love and whoever wins, everyone's going to say, yay, they're back. And whoever loses, uh, maybe they should quit. Uh, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't really have much else to say. It's not terribly interesting to me, but it should be a fun fight. I mean, Cerrone's going for the for
1: the UFC record here for most wins. <laughs> wins, yeah. It's kind of crazy okay. that he's been
0: stuck on he twenty. He's 20, 23 with Ar- Arlovsky, right? Arlovsky and Miller, yeah. You uh, mentioned... Yeah, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, so and he could get it. He could get he, it.
1: But he's been stuck at twenty three for for three years. I mean, we were talking three years. About, we were talking about him possibly being the only one to ever get to thirty, thirty, and it doesn't look like yeah. he's going to get there. And you know, the clock's ticking on both those both these guys. Joe Lozano is admittedly op You know, admitted to that. Like the clock's ticking on him, and you know he he's kind of been one of those like like you know he's just he just kind of just decided to fight and fight, you know, he was, he was good if he never fought again, but you know, interesting fight came along for him. I feel like he's only, he's one of these guys that only wants to fight guys like, like Cerrone or, or, you know, guys who've been around forever. I mean, it's a good fight. I'm glad they moved it from the apex, from an apex show to the pay-per-view, yeah. you know, get him in front of fans, especially if it's the last one Cerrone, either. Cerrone's kind of local in Arizona too, right? friend I mean he lives in New Mexico. <laughs> okay, that's he's popular everywhere he is, though. Yeah,
0: he's popular. That's everywhere. true. That's true. And, and obviously, Lozon is as well. Um, and uh, and then our prelims are they uh, are they on ESPN this time? Yeah, the four um, ones are so there. The, t- yeah, the televised prelims. I mean, the featured prelim is. I mean, Andre Fiola is a great prospect. Um, you know, the guy's fighting is making his UFC debut, but the rest, the other three fights are, you know, I think you know, kind of contenderish people. Um, so I, I don't know how we didn't really discuss how we were going to run these down, but because uh, we usually do on the on the pay per view prelims, we go over them a little bit more than we normally do on prelims. We can just run but, them
1: down. We can just run them down from. Yeah, we.
0: Yeah, Andre Fiallo and Cameron Van Camp in a welterweight fight. Again, this seems like a showcase for Fiallo. Um, did he? Did Van Camp take? No, this has always been scheduled. Okay. No,
1: so Van Kamp. No, they first, just they just put they just added this fight to the card like on Saturday because Fiallo just. Oh, fought, did they? Okay. Fiallo just fought like two weeks ago, I think on the either on the sixteenth or the twenty third, and he was asking the. But this was, isn't. He was one of those guys that he in his post fight interview he was talking about how like he's ready to fight next week and they got him a fight within the you know and you know like two weeks later.
0: Yeah, right. He knocked out uh, Miguel Bieza on uh, on April sixteenth, so yeah, yeah, two weeks ago. Um, yeah, so but it was, I was I guess what I was saying is it's not like a like neither one of them is like a replacement for somebody. This was just no, a fight to fill out the card. Fresh, fresh yeah. matchup made on Saturday, so. Cool, uh, Randy Brown and Chaos Williams. Another welterweight fight. Um, you know, Chaos is a guy that you know has had a lot of talk. Uh, he's won. You know, his last two fights, he lost a decision to Michelle Pajia in uh, in twenty twenty. But that was, you know, I mean, that's that's a big big name and but he's four and one in ufc so um and randy brown's you know he's been around forever um another guy he's won four of his last five so you know interesting fight there featherweight fight uh maybe what the only two featherweights on the ufc roster besides uh um uh What's her name? Manda Nunez, uh, Macy Chason and Norma Dumont. Um, and Chason has fought a bantamweight uh, before, uh, maybe even in her last, oh no, featherweight last fight, but she's a tough featherweight champion from years ago. And Norma Dumont is former lightweight that came down. Uh, but this is a showcase fight for her, I think. Uh, it's one three in a row. And flyweight. interesting flyweight fight. Really, like this might be my favorite fight on the card outside of the top three fights. Uh, Brian and Roy Val and Matt Schnell at uh, flyweight. A uh, couple ranked contenders, I believe. Or am yep. I wrong there? Yeah, they're both ranked. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, and then what do we got for the early prelims? Okay, for the early prelims,
1: now uh, we got 15 fights total on this card. So it's going to be a long show if we don't lose anything during the week so everybody hopefully be prepared because you know this is a show that could go 8 hours long so but it's going to kick off with Well eight. and the and so go ahead. so
0: they they've got just so before you get into it so they they're starting at the regular time No, but they got 6 fights instead no, of 4 No they're starting at 5:30 5:30 oh, okay, so on- Eastern time 5.30. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking at six, so that's wrong. So they got, yeah, the, they got to do uh, six fights in two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is, is possible. Which is normal. Which is normal what they try Okay, to do. all right. Especially if you get some okay, finishes, okay. it'll happen. <clears throat>
1: Sorry. But, uh, we start off with a Bantamweight fight, Journey Newson against Fernie Garcia. Newson is winless in his three UFC outings, so he's in a must-win position, whereas Fernie Garcia is making his debut off the Contender Series. Then we have a women's strawweight fight Ariane Carnelosi against Lupi Godinez. That's a solid fight. Carnalosi I think, is going for a third straight win, and Godinez is coming off a win in their last fight. Then we have a flyweight fight. Clayton Rodriguez making his debut against CJ Vergara. Both these guys are lightweight prospects who were signed off the last edition of the Contender Series. Vergara lost his UFC debut in November, so while Rodriguez, this is his debut. Then we have a women's flyweight fight. Uh, Mrs. Brian Ortega, Tracy Cortez returns uh, against hmm. Melissa Gatto. Uh, Cortez has won seven straight fights. Gatto has never lost. She's got she's got eight wins and two draws. So you know there should be a solid fight between flyweight prospects trying to get in the rankings. We have a welterweight fight. Eighty-five-year-old uh, Francisco Trinaldo is fighting Danny Roberts. I mean, Trinaldo—he's going to be—he's fi- going to be fighting until he has—he comes to the octagon in a walker, and he's still very good. And Roberts is—Roberts <laughs> is coming off a, off of a very good win against Ramazan and Mee, So this should be actually a really good fight. Hot chocolate. Yep. And then we have a heavyweight fight bogloy Ivanov who has proven that even stabbing him won't stop him. And, uh, he's fighting Marcus Ruggiero de Lima. That's a heavyweight fight. That could be, it could have a quick finish or it could be really boring because neither of these guys are super action packed fighters. But, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it for the early prelims.
0: Ivanov. Uh, I remember when, when I first started watching him in world series of fighting and Beltor and they were talking about, you know, that story that you just referenced, um, I used to think he looked exactly like uh, Rusev and he was from Bulgaria too, which is where you know Rusev was from. And he does not look anything like <laughs> the current Rusev. Uh, no, he does Miro. not look like Miro uh, at all. No, no, he does not. But back he then, definitely, he, you know, there, there he's wasn't definitely that, not
1: as handsome as Miro either.
0: No, he isn't. No, but maybe it's going to be Ivanov Day on, uh, on Saturday, um, at UFC 274. So, um, so yeah, and, and we'll, uh, we'll do, a a post show. We didn't even talk about this, but we, we got to do a post show for the, uh, Patreon. So if you're not already signed up for the Patreon, we'll, we'll do something on Sunday, uh, run down the, um, the, the results in, in detail, uh, you know, go over it a little bit more in depth than we would normally do on this show. And, uh, and yeah, and then you know any news that comes out of it, or you know any future fights that are going to get made, or stuff like that. So check check that out, and uh, Patreon.com/slash media It's the beginning of the month, so it's a good time to sign up. It's only five bucks, and you get this. You get our one show from us, and we get one extra show from every single show on the free feed, as well as Patreon exclusives that are every week. So for your five bucks, you probably get about twenty shows over the course of the month. So it's a, it's an excellent deal, and uh, and it really goes to help support this show, even though you're not paying for the free feeds the patreon helps fund our shows so check that out when you get a chance um and we also um have a real quick uh bellator show going on this weekend on friday um now this will be friday afternoon in paris uh, although i uh I, I didn't even check to see when when or where it airs here it's a showtime so i don't know if it's airing live or it's during the day airing, you know? airing live at four eastern time Eastern. Okay. So that's the main card. So that's not, I mean that's not bad. I mean, it'll be going head-to-head head with Rampage, I guess. Um and uh we've got uh, the main event is a rematch that the world's dying to see, Ryan Bader and Czech Congo. Now, when I I joke saying the world is dying to see, but that those fans in Paris are going to be living and dying with this fight cuz Czech Congo obviously is is from Paris and is a big uh big you know icon there and you know for years was wanting ufc to go there and finally got to fight against i think it was tim johnson a couple of years ago yeah and he lost a split decision which was extremely generous to him uh, johnson dominated him um but uh and then in when bader and congo had their first fight there was a first round uh dq or something and uh and congo you know it was a no contest i think so that's why they're doing the rematch and uh yoel romero is also going to be on the card fighting a guy that uh, nobody but his parents have heard of, Alex Polizzi. I've uh, also got Lorenz Larkin on the card, Mike Shipman, Pedro Cavarlo. So there's a few interesting names on there. Soren Bach is uh actually amazing he's like buried on the prelims that's uh that's kind of a big name but uh, yeah so that's uh that's showtime and it'll be youtube in canada probably the prelims are on youtube as well they start at twelve thirty eastern so you got nothing to do on friday afternoon you can throw on watch some mma from paris uh anything else you want to say about that card
1: well, I will say if you weren't planning on watching this show, I don't think a main event between Ryan Bader and Chet Congo will change your mind. So, so if you watch it, enjoy it. But I don't, I don't anticipate this being the biggest fight of the weekend.
0: No, but you know what? Like if if you literally seriously, like if you if you're at home on on uh, Friday afternoon and you got nothing to do throw on YouTube and check out Saran back. Like, I can't yeah, believe this guy's in not UFC. Very- <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and he will be at some point as soon as he's able to, because that's a, uh, that's a guy that uh, they, they will definitely want. Um, all right. So that is the, uh, that's the MMA for the week and we'll move on to the news. And you wanted to talk about an interview that happened earlier today as we're recording, which will be yesterday as you're listening. Chris Cyborg was on the Ariel Hawani show and she she had a lot to say and it's up to the listener to decide how you know check your BS meter but uh, why don't you run down what you had to say?
1: Okay, the very first thing I want to say is Cyborg is the absolute nicest lady in in the world. She is just ridiculously nice and and it's a shame she kind of gives interviews. Like this, because it's just funny how a lot of the interviews she has, she paints the stories to where she's always on. She always comes out on the right side and right side and how everything is, you know, about, you know, she 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 paints a picture uh, in these interviews of of. Of like everything she did was right and everything else was kind of like wrong, whereas it's not really it's not really truthful, truthful to say the least. First thing she said during, or one of the the major things she said that grabs head, that's grabbing the headlines. Headlines is uh, she believes that a fight against Ronda Rousey was never the goal for the UFC, which is 100% absolute false. Because if you know the story and you know the history of when Ronda Rousey and the women's bantamweight division was being brought over the UFC, UFC, and they started with... With uh, Rousey against Liz Carmouche, Carmouche in Anaheim, in Anaheim in the main event, that fight was supposed to be Rousey versus Cyborg. That's the fight they wanted, and Cyborg. This is at a time they were trying to, talk, they were talking to Cyborg, and they were trying to get her down to one thirty-five, and Cyborg kept kind of stringing them along along her and her management team. She's got a better management team now. She's with Paradigm. But this is back in the day when Tito Ortiz was her manager. And, you know, the only two people she was listening listening to were Tito and her now husband, Ray, Ray, who are... They're they're not two guys to, listen, to take advice from, from, to say the least. They're not two people who should be managing anybody. But the whole idea was like... Like they're stringing the UFC along, long, you know, about Cyborg going down to 135. And the whole time, Cyborg is just gaining weight to make it to where it's making 135 and pop to where making 135 in February 2013 was going to be impossible. It's it just going to be, yeah, strictly impossible. Now, later, she did come to the UFC, she did fight a couple times at 140 pounds pounds because they were trying. They were trying to get her to where she could make 135 safely. Safely. They were trying to get her down. They gave her all the help in the world they could have, but the fact of the matter is she was just too big. She could only get to 140, and she was very – had a whole lot of trouble making 140, 140. The stories are out there. So, yeah, I mean, she can't say that the UFC, that the UFC was – never trying to make the Ronda Rousey fight or that it was never the goal. It was 100% the goal when they started, when they brought the women over. That was 100%. That's the fight they wanted to make. So there's no truth in that. You know what I mean? That was the fight they wanted. There were some other things she said in the interview. Interview, uh, you know, she was, you know, talking about, Talking about the Amanda Nunez fight and how she uh, she was one she was they were trying to get her to sign a new deal and and uh, for for the rematch but uh, but yeah but she didn't want to sign she wanted to sign a one fight deal and there's no way the UFC is going to go for a one fight deal deal and have her eventually try to leave as a champion it was never gonna that was never gonna happen so so she's just like. She's just like trying to make. Yeah, she's trying to point, paint that picture like, like that she was trying to do everything she could to stay there and get the Amanda Nunez, Nunez rematch, which is not, not, not truthful, not truthful. Yeah, she wanted to stay for the Amanda Nunez rematch, but she wanted to leave afterwards, win or lose. She wanted to leave afterwards, so there's no point for the UFC to even bother you know, making a one fight, one fight deal. We know they don't do that. There's no way they're going to do that, do that. And for her to kind of paint the picture of like, oh, I tried, but they didn't. That's, that's kind of, it's kind of, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like she said, nicest woman in the world, but she's just, when you kind of listen to some of her interviews, like she doesn't come off as the most honest person in the world.
0: So I the only thing I'll add is I mean obviously it's ridiculous that UFC didn't want to make this fight. I mean this was it was really the only reason they paid her for years to fight in Invicta was in the hopes that she would get her weight down to 135. The only thing it would be was that they didn't want to do this fight at 145, which I mean you know, and maybe Cyborg's going to come back later and claim, oh, that's what I was trying to say, but no, that's not the case. What people forget is that Ronda Rousey actually started her career at featherweight. She fought her first three fights at featherweight including a big win over Julia Budd who later, you know, is still actually a a top contender uh, fighting in the lightweight tournament in PFL, but she's been a, you know, featherweight champion in Bellator for years and, uh, but she moved down to bantamweight to face Misha Tate and won the bantamweight title and at that point, it was like okay that's her weight class and if they're going to make a fight they're going to fight at her weight class she's not you know she's not going to come to cyborg cyborg's gonna have to come to her she you know she went to ufc first she won the title she was a champion um she was perfectly willing to fight chris cyborg at the time and you know it's hard to say what would have happened you know back then and, um and real, you quick, know, it's-
1: real quick you also got to remember this is 2013 there was only gonna be yeah. the one thirty five division in the UFC. They That's, were not, yeah, there yeah. was not I was a 15, to that, yeah. There was not a plan for a one fifteen division for a couple of years. It was gonna take a few years to add one twenty five. There was never a plan for 145. They only made one forty five because because they ended up signing cyborg cyborg, but they don't sign cyborg. There's never a one hundred forty five division in the UFC. No, so like because but at the time even back it was 135 then. Even back then not at all.
0: Even back then, like all the – I mean, there wasn't very many top featherweights, but they were all signed by Bellator because they had featherweight and flyweight. Um, so – or I guess that was, yeah a little bit later. But th- there was. I mean, it's just like now with lightweight. Like, you, you know, the problem you have with um, Kayla Harrison because there's no women's lightweight fighters. Like, none. So, there, it's all featherweights that are moving up uh, to fight her. And that was would have been the same thing in UFC if they would have started a 145 division. Even Ronda – if she would have fought at 145, it would have been a bunch of 135ers coming up to fight her. And, you know, the odd one, Jermaine Durand, to me, was, was there at the, around at the time. And Julia Budd, I mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, Sarah Kaufman would have moved up, I'm sure. And, you know, and a lot of them probably would have moved up. So, I mean, they would have done that division, but then Cyborg would have walked through the whole division at that time. So going down to 135 meant that they are cutting a similar amount of body weight as Cyborg, would cut to 145. Now, if she wanted to change her body size and fight at 135, she was welcome to do that. And they ended up appeasing her and, and creating a division around her. And yeah, of course, she's not going to, they're not going to do another fight. And then maybe yeah, in 20, whatever it was, 17, 18, when she was going to fight Nunez, when she lost to Nunez, yeah, they're not going to They weren't interested in doing a Rousey Rousey fight then At that point And maybe that's what she means Like they're not gonna You know They weren't gonna match up Rousey and Cyborg After the Nunez fight Um, You know That was yeah 2016 2017 Um, And maybe that's what she's talking about I don't know But Either way Like she's I think she's bitter And uh, It's probably the biggest waste Of a career Like that there's been And she can probably thank Tito for that um, as you alluded to, yeah, like really in any weight class, like she should have made millions. Yeah,
1: you know? I definitely think there or, might be some bitterness in there. You know, she wanted to be the one to, to yeah, beat Ronda Rousey, and just kind of screwed herself out of out of it, out of that opportunity, and out of out of you know making. You know, she's made good money, but she could have made better better money because she was, you know, stuck in Invicta. Invicta, yeah, she was under UFC deal deal whenever that was going on, but she definitely was not getting, you know, the pay that she deserved because, I mean, she would have been in UFC. She would have been champion. She would have been headlining, show, headlining pay-per-views with pay-per-view points and making, making a bunch of money, like you said.
0: So she just... She's her own worst so enemy. So I just, it just occurred to me. <laughs> uh, I forgot to do our we have to talk about segment at the start of the show. That's fine. <laughs> so um, yeah, we'll do it now. Um, we got to talk about UFC this is WWE. what this WWE. is what happens when Paul comes into the show unprepared because there was no rundown. Well, rundown, so. I well no, I and to be honest, I was traveling all day. I drove from Minneapolis and uh, got up at ten o'clock. Or well, I mean, I, we left at ten o'clock this morning, and I just pulled in right before we started the show. Yeah, I'm just breaking your balls but, uh, over here. I know, I know, I know. Heavyweights, what do we got to talk about?
1: Okay, so we have we have full clarity on the heavyweight picture in the UFC. So, But uh, we'll just start off with Jon Jones and Stipe Miocic. Like we mentioned last week, that's the fight that's going to happen. It's going to be for the interim title. UFC wanted it a, for uh, July 2nd at UFC 276. Uh, Miocic is not going to be ready. He has apparently told UFC he'll be ready to fight in September. You know, and according to the tweet that John Jones said, John said said he'll wait. He, John said he wanted to fight in July, but he'll wait for September for Stipe. There was talk about trying to do that UFC 277 on July 30th and even moving that show from the planned location in Dallas to Madison Square Garden. Uh, but I think that was contingent on Jones and Miocic. I think. That's the fight they're going to put in MSG, and if it's in September, it wouldn't surprise me if that shows at MSG because they've always wanted John. They've always wanted it, and John Jones has always wanted it, him to headline at MSG, and I think that's that's kind of the fight to do at the at that show right now. But it's looking like September, and uh, but and for an interim title, and uh, regardless of what people want to say, John John Jones and his representative right now, Richard Schaefer. They've at least come to like a verbal agreement with the UFC. I don't think he's signed a, he's officially signed a new deal or, or, you know, you know, there's probably some terms still to be worked out, worked out. But if anybody's worried about, you know, contract issues or money issues, there, I think they've all pretty much been leveled out because he's got, he's he's coming back. John Jones is coming back this year. It's just a matter of when, not if, not if, and it's all up to Stipe. And and I think Stipe was wanting to wait till September because if he if that fight was happening July 2nd, we're talking about right now eight weeks of training even late J- july that's 12 weeks that's if he started now now i think steepay wants you know good a good solid three full months of preparation for that fight mm. for that fight and i think that's why he's saying saying september because because yeah that sounds good to me and uh but uh but yeah but now we have the two other heavyweight fights Two other heavyweight fights. Uh, July twenty third. That that was the show we were talking about. Liverpool, but it's, they've actually decided to yeah. move it to London, London because they, uh the, it's going to be headlined by Tom Aspinall against Curtis Blades. And London's got the bigger bigger building, so they and they sold it out quickly. And I yeah. think they're just trying to they're trying to get you know make as much money on the show. And and obviously, if they're going to sell out sell out, you want to sell out the larger arena. So makes sense it makes sense uh you know tom Aspinall, curtis blades that that's a big fight and then now it also looks like a uh, ufc ufc's going to france this year and it looks like that date's going to be september 3rd if everything goes goes their way in paris and oh, just talked about that and it's going to be cyril gone against tai tuivasa on that show so mm. yeah we've got all of our clarity for the for the top six in the division, and then we're gonna then couple, we'll see a what-
0: couple other guys that wanted a couple other guys that wanted on that card were uh, Mark Andre Barrio and. Um- his buddy that always fights Charles Jordan, they yeah, want to fight in yeah. France. A lot of, too. A lot of French, yeah.
1: a lot of French fighters, a lot of French Canadian fighters, and I could see them signing some more. You know, they, you know, Taylor Lapalus, yeah. who they, who they let go, stupidly years ago, but he's been on kind of a win streak since he started fighting again. I could see them bringing him back for that
0: Congo. They can sign him again. No. Uh, <laughs>
1: maybe if that Soren Bach is an under Bellator deal. Maybe they can get him. For it, because yeah, think he's from Fran- he's from France,
0: yeah. I think. So, uh, well, he's he's fought there a lot, but I think he's there. actually like yeah, I don't even yeah, know, yeah, whatever. But uh, oh, th- you know what the interesting about that July twenty third fight in London, um, if if they go ahead and do that, and then have the July thirtieth fight, um, yeah. you know that you're talking about at UFC two seventy seven Jones and Miosic. Now you've got depending on whether or not Francis Ngannou comes back, you've got a ready made, you know, number, champion and number one contender for the for the interim title that they could do coming off of that. Or if something happens with Jones or Miosic, you know, you could always have one of these guys step in, but then you gotta cancel that main event. So well
1: I mean Jones or um, Miosic isn't gonna happen until September now anyway. So okay. So what's happening for for July thirtieth then? <laughs> we'll Nothing we'll find so out don't know yet. We'll find out what's happening okay. both for July second and July thirtieth.
0: Okay. 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 Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah, the London show. And then I guess you know, and then we get those guys, you know, the people we keep bringing up, you know, your Patty, your Patty Pimblett and, uh, Meatball Molly. And, uh, I would maybe keep, um, you know, um, what's his name? The featherweight, uh, Aaron, Arnold Allen, uh, maybe I kinda of almost want him headlining, but um Darren Till, you know, like you maybe you can do another show from the UK at some point and I mean, I Dar- put them on. Darren but... Till
1: and Jack Hermanson are fighting in the co main on the on the show. Are they? Okay on London, okay. yeah. That's, so been announced, that's been announced so so yeah, I mean you don't yeah, okay. you know, I don't think they need Arnold Allen
0: Allen on that, but I'm sure okay. Pat, Patty and McCann will be on the show. So that would have been, so if they hadn't have booked this heavyweight fight, the Till Hermanson would have been the main event. And that's why we're thinking it was Liverpool. But now yeah. that it's moved to London, it's a much bigger card. I mean, it's still fight night. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, um, I heard, I heard it was originally Liverpool, July 23rd with Till and Hermanson. That's why, that's why I brought up the, yeah. the Tory thing. Cause I thought, you know, last week, but yeah, they, uh, yeah. they got Aspinall and Blades to agree to fight on
0: July 23rd and just moved it to London because it's a bigger venue. So so this uh that'll be like that'll be another 5 million dollar gate for them probably. Uh you know, four anyways. Um big big uh, big year for them <laughs> in ticket sales. Uh even with running half their shows at the Apex or more than half. Um all right. So we've got uh I don't know, some other news. Uh UNE and Juck signed a signed a new contract uh before her uh, UFC 275 fight uh coming up. So yeah. that's uh I guess she's she's happy with what she's getting, obviously, or she wouldn't have signed?
1: Yeah, I I I would I would I would say so. Say so. I mean she hasn't fought in two years and it was always the holdup was always she had one fight left and they wanted her to sign a new deal. And she's been making a lot of money being an Instagram influencer over the last couple of years, you know, doing, you know, okay. promoting products and, and doing photo shoots that, you know, an Instagram model as they, as they call them. So, uh, but uh, yeah, she signed a new six fight deal. So it shows that she still wants to fight and, and yeah, we'll see,
0: you know, and uh, UFC uh, coming to Austin, Texas uh, uh, for a fight night. Uh, so, yeah, more more uh, on-the-road shows uh, June, 18th. Uh, June 18th. So, that's actually, what, that's next month? Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, that's not that much notice. So, that's cool. They, they could get out of the Apex sooner than we think if, if they can book a fight uh-huh. already in, on June 18th. I mean, they're still doing Apex shows
1: planned in July, so they ain't ever leaving. Oh. They ain't ever leaving full-time, so... So, so it's just going to be whenever something works out where they can, where they think they can do a nice gate. I think so. But, uh, yeah, June 18th, yeah. Mo- the brand-new Moody Center in Austin. Uh, Calvin Cater and Josh Emmett is going to be the main event for that show.
0: Just oh, that's a good way, fight. fight. That's a yeah. good fight. Well, hopefully they come back to Canada soon and uh, we'll get – Yeah, I mean, we've got – you know, you've talked about London, Paris. Oh, yeah, they're getting out there slowly but surely. Slowly. Slowly yeah, I just – I mean, anybody who's hoping who's hoping for them to get
1: full time out of the Apex, I think just needs to resign themselves to the fact that there's gonna be several Apex shows a year. It's just gonna be it's just gonna be is what it is. I mean, the the pandemic was good. It was great for the pandemic, but it was also like if you're a fan who wants to go to a lot of shows or wants to see see these cards in front of fans, uh, The pandemic was literally the worst thing possible because they've got their mind made up that, yeah, we're going to use Apex for UFC shows. It's so it's so low rent
0: for a company worth $10 billion being in there. But whatever. That might be low. Um, all right. And we got a million fight announcements, uh, looking down the list, there's actually some interesting names on there. Um, so that show you just mentioned in uh, June 18th, the fight, the, we've also got Kevin Holland and Tim means on that. So means move, moving up to welterweight or Holland moving down to welter or uh, it's a Holland at welterweight, right? For that. Yeah. It's Holland, not means moving up to second, middleweight. Yeah. Holland
1: second go around at welterweight. He's a welterweight now. Oh, right. For 100%, okay. 100% okay. Now.
0: Right. Um, and what else do you want to highlight out of this? That was the one that stuck out to me. Uh, yeah, uh, we got a, uh, let's see. Oh, there's actually a few. Uh, July 23rd. Ahead. Go ahead. A bunch of fights. Go okay, ahead. well, no, I, I I mean, we mentioned the two main card fights, but we also got Alexander Gustafson and Nikita Krylov on, uh, on that show, uh, which is a really big fight. So that's a. That's a big card, yeah. Uh, if everything goes through as planned, and yeah. and the next week Sergey Pavlovich and Derek Lewis for the wherever that show is going to be, yeah. I mean, Derek,
1: with Derek Lewis on it on it, it kind of leans like, like yeah, it's Dallas. still going to be in Texas, Texas. But okay. but, but I mean, like I said, I only I only thought they were going to move that show to. I think whatever whatever Jones Miocic whatever happens, it's going to be the MSG show. And probably in September, like you said,
0: but yeah. All uh, right. Any other ones you want to highlight out of these? I mean, uh, those are the big ones. Yeah, those are the big big ones. Yeah. There's uh,
1: not much. I mean, I mean, the only other fight between ranked people that was announced, uh, Jessica I, Jessica I against Macy Barber. I was supposed to fight Casey O'Neill, but Casey O'Neill
0: tore ACL training. So she's going to be out for like a year. And uh, well, that's good for you. That's Because you, uh, you just said I was going to fight Casey O'Neill And oh. I'm like man she's She'd kill you dude <laughs> I mean you said it <laughs> I'm just playing off what you said <laughs> Jessica I was going to fight Casey O'Neill And now she's going to fight Maisie Barber <laughs> Sorry man
1: <laughs> Proceed Moving on uh, uh, Yeah <laughs> Not, not I'm good. I'm done. I'm done looking at those. There's nothing, there's nothing else.
0: If you wanna list No, no, I, If you wanna list Fight A yeah, yeah, Media Monday yeah. morning roundup there we go. Yeah, there's a million fi- I mean, not a million, literally, but like there's probably like 35. Um, so yeah, there's a there's and you've got all that other good stuff. Um, so this this coming week, we mentioned Bellator, we mentioned PFL. There's also a Titan FC card. Those are always fun on UFC Fight Pass on Friday afternoon. Man, there's a ton of stuff on Friday afternoon. Um, you know, between Rampage and Bellator. Oh shit, there's more uh, CES, there's, LFA, Unified MMA. Oh my five, god, there's five MMA events all going on.
1: On at, at, they have different start times, but they should all overlap at the same time on UFC Fight Pass. Also, while PFL and, and they're on. also also while PFL and
0: Bellator <laughs> <are> going on, <laughs> oh my, well, Bellator will be over, but um, PFL is dead. I mean, you know, well, no, you know what? I mean, Kayla Harrison, like, they're these other shows are dead. Like, nobody's watching these other shows. With, uh, you know, between the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, um, you know, and and then Kayla Harrison fighting, like, oh my god, is dead. Because you know of what? Playoff, NBA playoffs. Well, they are. I mean, you know, Kay, but I mean, if it's Kayla Harrison, like, people, some people are going to watch. Um, not many. Will they break one fifty? Uh, uh, I mean. Uh no 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 not if it was ESPN yeah but ESPN two no here's the no, question they won't break a hundred will will they it ma- will it
1: actually make the top hundred fifty shows of the day on Friday because it's like a whole
0: card no
1: no because this last well they 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 do they do they do the whole card the ratings for the whole card so
0: right so it won't no I don't think so. What what were you gonna say about the last one?
1: Last one didn't even make the top hundred fifty shows on Thursday. So that's No. That No, did you see like their That's yeah, pretty New bad Japan for, did a zero <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, for a live sporting event on in prime time on ESPN two ESPN two, granted is going against the draft, but to not make of the top hundred fifty shows of the entire day, that is very bad. Very, very
0: yeah, bad Yeah, what uh So that means they did probably like a 0.02 or a 0.01. Yeah. uh, yeah. Because I'm looking at the top 150 and 150th was 0.02. So, yeah, I mean, the most they could have done was a 0.02 and it's possible they did a 0.01, which is, you know, under, I mean, probably under 50,000 viewers total and under 10,000 in 18 to 49. So that's, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, at that point, why are you even on TV? But yeah, they are. And they're getting, well, I don't think they're getting paid, but they're getting exposure. <laughs> I don't know what kind of exposure it is but they're, they're on there um, alright so we mentioned the, uh, the, the Ryan's column you can check that out at Fiky Media you can check that out right now and it's kind of a companion piece to this show and then later on this week Ryan will have an extensive preview of UFC 274 uh, on uh, probably Friday morning and uh, you can check back like I had mentioned earlier on the Patreon later this uh, weekend for our, our review uh, before we come back with our regular show next week and uh, also Ryan's uh, Wrestling Observer coverage uh, on uh, of this show on the Wrestling Observer newsletter that'll drop on Friday morning, and I've got the Dynamite show uh, on Wednesday night with Jeff Hawkins, and uh, you can also check out my Grandpa Des YouTube channel. Always uh, always oh, got some fun guests on there. So Ryan, why don't you take us home as you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the
1: show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend.
0: Later.